Welcome to the Market Talk podcast sponsored by WealthPress, where we believe if you're investing uninformed, you're screwed. Get the inside scoop on what's driving the markets today and what that means for your money, all in just 15 minutes. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Roger Scott. I'm the head trader of WealthPress. Today is August 10th. Where is the summer going? I want to know. Tell me, where is the summer going? How do I stop this clock from like going three times faster than usual? I mean, I've been told, you you know, time goes by faster as you get older, but this is ridiculous. My God, days are just running into each other. I think it has to do with the fact that we have we're having a busy summer and the Fed is coming out with a lot of data. So first of all, because it's Monday, let's talk about what we can expect this week as far as Fed data. We got producers price index, consumers price index, that's today and that's tomorrow and Wednesday, and the petroleum report. The petroleum report's not gonna give us anything new. We may see consumers prices and PPI with some positive news. That'll be great to see. We'll see that tomorrow since interest rates are still fairly reasonable. We got jobless claims on Thursday. So far, so good. We've been sort of in line with the moving average. And the big reports come out on Friday. We got retail sales and industrial production. Retail sales is going to be the big report. Now, last time, it looked like we literally almost, I mean, it was 7.5. It was really, 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 it was a good number. It basically told us that we've recovered, but I don't know if that's going to hold this time. The consensus now is for a lot smaller number, and even the range is much smaller. So this is what Wall Street is looking for. Keep your eye out on the 1.8. That's the consensus. If we're lower than that, it's going to be a bit disappointing. If we're going to be above that, let's say 2, 2.5, all the way up to 3.5, that's going to be very, very positive. Now, the reason why retail sales report is the big report is because retail sales make up about two-thirds, look at this, two-thirds of the GDP, two-thirds of the GDP, all right? Two-thirds, that's huge. GDP is, is the number one barometer, quarterly barometer, that's telling us how fast the economy is growing. It was at about 2, 2.1, 2.2%. That was the target rate. We're nowhere near there right now. But retail sales reflects the most on the GDP. So that is going to be a very, very, very watched report. Now, let's talk about over the weekend what the markets did and what we have to look forward to and so forth and so forth. In Europe and in Asia, shares advanced Monday after President Trump issued the executive order to provide tax relief and stopgap employment benefits. We'll talk about that in a minute. Investors are watching for further developments on stimulus from the U.S. economy and on the trade tension between Beijing and Washington. We need those trade tensions right now, folks. I'm going to say it. we need those trade tensions now like we need hemorrhoids in our butt, okay? We really don't need this right now. It's kind of like the world is trying to recover. The world is trying to find its groove. These trade, t- like pushing, pushing, doing this with China right now is really not the answer. We're not in a position to do that. They're not in a position to do that. Stock prices fell in Hong Kong after author- Hong Kong. I said Hong Kong. Hong Kong after authorities arrested pro-democracy media tycoon 
Jimmy Lai and some of his associates on suspicion of collusion with foreign powers. That's a very serious violation in China. Lai was arrested Monday under the city's national security law and posts on Twitter showed him by being taken away by police as dozens of uniformed police searched the headquarters of his newspaper, according to Apple. China, another news, China reported its consumer's price index rose by 2.7% in July from 2.5% in June as flooding disrupted, far, disrupted farming across much of the country. I mean, they have not been having a lot of luck over there, pushing food prices higher. But producer prices and core inflation, which exclude food and energy prices, that's huge because food and energy prices is the big one, fell to a 10-year low, reflecting continued weakness amidst the pandemic. Sentiment on Wall Street was lifted Friday by a positive job report with U.S. employers adding 1.8 million jobs last month. That's up 185,000 more than they forecasted, which is very positive. Uncertainty overhangs on the markets with total number of confirmed COVID-19 cases in U.S. surpassing 5 million. That's crazy. Technology stocks have taken a hit as investors fret that China could retaliate for President Trump's latest escalation against tech companies. Very, very true. And on, aside from that, tech is grossly overbought. Now, Trump's, let's talk about Trump's executive order. Continued payments of up to 400 bucks a week for supplemental federal unemployment benefits. Payroll tax deferral. Treasury and housing and urban development find funds to help people struggling paying their rent. That's going to be... I'm, I'm, I'm curious how that's going to affect commercial real estate in the coming months. Extension of a moratorium on student loans backed by federal government that would have expired on September 30th. That's going to be interesting, too. When I say um, commercial loans, I, I actually mean commercial, not commercial loans, but residential, uh, multiple residential homes like uh, housing markets. It'll be very interesting how apartment buildings will reflect after this after this deferment because that should give people a lot better benefit who are renting right now. So I'm thinking of that. And energy prices, energy prices. And again, election November 3rd, it's approaching. And I'm going to talk this week about what sectors and stocks you should be looking at ahead of the election. Keep your eye on that. Energy prices are above $40, which means U.S. companies are not bleeding. But at the same time, they're not doing all that great. Now, I wanted to show you something interesting. Oh, and we've got earnings. We've got a lot of earnings. Let me just show you what we've got on the table. This is today, and we went from the big cap tech to now we're going broader based. As you can see here, we've got Mar Martinez earnings. We got Biohaven, smaller companies, but we still got plenty of big ones. We've got Tencent Music Entertainment. We've got Novak, Novavax. That's the that's the stock that's been really going crazy because of COVID-19. We've got on semiconductor, it's becoming broader. Occidental Petroleum is reporting. As you could see, the, the canopy growth, one of the biggest pot stocks. We've got a lot of mixed earnings reporting and that's going to shape how things are looking. So far, things are not looking good, but, and they're not looking even as well as they were expected. But again, everybody's looking towards the future and expectations for future growth are pretty, pretty good. But there's something on the horizon in terms of sentiment that you need to know about. This is the put-to-call ratio. This measures the number of open puts versus open calls. Now, here's what we find. That when the number of open put positions gets really, really crazy, the market tends to go bullish. 
when the number of calls gets really, really bullish, when everybody's buying calls, the market bounces back. Over the past, over the past few weeks, actually few months, there's been a huge, huge influx of call buying. Notice we're moving lower. The, the highs are moving lower. The lows are moving lower, okay? That is telling us that sentiment, sentiment is really, really favoring the bulls in the short term, as you can see here. Look at this. We went to as low as 0.615. We went to 0.73. That means the market is getting a little top heavy, okay? Now, in light of that, I want to show you something interesting that I've been talking about for quite some time, but sentiment, sentiment is now moving there as well. Let me show you what I wanted to show you, actually. Momentum, 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 and more momentum. And yeah, I talk about this all the time. First of all, only 50% of stocks in the S&P are trading above the 200-day moving average. So that's not really that great. And I know the stock market looks like it's making new highs and highs, but internally, handful of stocks are causing the market capitalization. And most importantly, I want to show you something interesting. I want to show you, if I could find it here, momentum. Here we go. I want to show you the NASDAQ. We were just talking about the NASDAQ. If you look at the NASDAQ 100, I mean, it's it's something else. You got to see this. We've got 80% of stocks trading above the 200-day moving average, which is really getting up there. That rubber band is getting very, very stretched out. Now, if you look at the 50, the, day, the number of stocks trading above the 50-day moving average, that number is already cooling off. That was the peak here. It's cooling off. It's got a lot more to go. It's right now at about 70. It's going to go at least down to 50. Why? Well, have you ever seen it here in 20 years? This is a 20-year graph or 15-year graph. Anytime it goes above 80, it's overbought. And right now, we went all the way to 99 when we went back up after the correction. And right now, we're only at 70. And, I'm, and this sentiment is moving lower and lower, and it's actually confirming what I'm seeing right here that the market is a little too top heavy. Now this is the S&P 500. Let's look at the S&P 500. If you look at the S&P 500 at the momentum levels, which we will right now, let's take a quick look here. So we can have an apple to apple check. If you could see here, we got 73% of stocks trading above the 50 day moving average. And as you can see here, it's trying to hover up but notice when it comes up here, any times it goes down and it tries to hover up, it just comes right back down. It doesn't stay at these levels very much, especially after going to the highest level ever recorded in history, okay? In history. So again, momentum levels are at the highs right now. Sentiment in terms of traders buying calls is really high. The highs are getting lower. The highs are barely at 73. And that's telling me, that's telling me that the rubber band went like this, got stretched out, and then it's doing this. It's trying to come off and then stretch again, come off and stretch again. And typically when that happens, it tries, it tries, it tries, and then it doesn't go up. I want to show you something else. Look at price action on the S&P 500. Notice this. Notice something here. Let me show you three months. Notice this, price is moving higher, right? This is the S&P. Now, let me show you candlesticks. Everybody likes candlesticks. 
Look at this. Over the last, since July 6th, we're in September 10th. For the last two months, we've been going higher. This is very important. Pay attention. Stock has, prices have been moving higher. But if you look at, again, prices moving higher, but look, let's look at momentum levels. Let's look at the S&P momentum levels. This is really, really important. Look at the number of stocks trading above the 200-day moving average in the S&P. Here. Notice it's been going higher up to the 50-day line, but notice it's only at the 57th percentile. Only 57% of stocks are trading above the 200-day moving average in the S&P. All right? And if you go to the 50-day line, which we already did before, you will see something different. You will see that mostly it's been coming off and it's just slightly coming up. Well, the stock market price has been going up for the last two months, but momentum levels have been declining, which means there's, there's less stocks causing the stock market to go higher. So in other words, there was say 80% of stocks a month ago. Now only 73% of stocks. So. It's imagine you're driving a car and it has eight cylinders and you're putting it at 50 miles per hour. Well, you're keeping it at 50 and it's moving at 50, but there's less horsepower running it. Let's say there was eight cylinders. Now there's five cylinders, but it's still moving 50 miles per hour. You see that? So that's a major problem. And that's been happening for about two months. When you take that into account with the fact that momentum levels via the put to call ratio have been really favoring the bulls, the calls, that's telling us that that rubber band is really, really stretched out. And the more it gets stretched out, the more the, the bigger the impact it'll have when it finally cracks. And we're getting very, very close to seeing that. So we're seeing very stretched out momentum levels and we're seeing narrowing of momentum, all right? So again, you have a car, it's driving at 50 miles per hour and you got 400 horses powering it. It's still driving at 50 miles per hour, but now you only have 300 horses driving it. Eventually, eventually, those horses are going to get very, very tired. And when that happens, and it's happening now based on the put-to-call ratio, the market tends to snap back. So be prepared for a little pullback or congestion. I'll talk to you soon, and you have a great day. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening today. Make sure to subscribe to the Market Talk podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever platform you're listening from today so you don't miss any important news regarding your money and your investments. Have a great rest of your day. My name is Roger Scott, and happy trading.